Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Break Room Boys. I'm Nate, and that's Lucas. How we doing? And we're doing all right. We're uh, we're inside right now, thawing out. Uh, I think pretty much everybody across the country is pretty much sick of the bullshit lately. Yeah. The entire country just got hit with this latest Arctic blast, and for once, my pipes didn't freeze, so that was cool. Good. It breaks a two-year two-year streak there your appliances and, and furniture was not flooded for a third time no yeah. we we've only had one mishap with the cold and uh, it was actually this afternoon i was uh walking out of the bathroom and mary just starts yelling at me nate 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 the washer's leaking and i was like oh shit what, what is this about and so i go running in there and where the drain hose goes into the wall there's water just erupting out of it and I was like, we'll turn the washer off. And yeah. So I ran in and did that. And by, by that point, I mean, there's just water all in our laundry room. Apparently, the line for the, the drain froze. Oh, gotcha. So, I mean, if that's the worst thing we got to deal with, that's a huge improvement from every piece of our house being flooded for the, you know, the third year in a row. So Yeah. Dude, our only issue was uh, whenever, what, Sunday night, I guess, when the temperature dropped, Saturday night into Sunday um we were all good you know the house was warm we went to bed put like a big fucking winter comforter on our bed like the big poofy one we don't normally have because mm-hmm. we both kind of run hot in our sleep especially me and uh so we cozy up on into bed and all is good I step out of bed the next morning and our that hardwood floor was just like ice and uh <laughs> I let the dog outside and I take a pig at the thermostat it is 57 in our crib <laughs> And I'm just like, well, no wonder, dude. I'm just shivering. And uh, it just, you know, it did not heat up anymore, obviously. It's like 12 outside or whatever. It was like 9 a.m. And uh, so we let the landlord know. And, uh, like, we've had our, our issues with the air conditioning. It has the opposite problem in the summer. It can't get below 77. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I just was like, this thing just simply can't. It's so old and drafty, the house, that it's just nothing we can yeah, do. So we, our, our first order of business was Ace Hardware, getting a couple space heaters just to be able to survive in there. Yeah, you've got you've got one of those old houses that just, you know, not not the greatest insulation. No. Uh, quite a few places where air can get in. It's just not a great combination. Yeah, you stand for, by the, a certain door or window, and you can just feel it yeah, coming right in. Yeah. Not a great combination for trying to keep heat in or hot air out during mm-hmm. the summer, so... Um, but yeah, I mean, some people live constantly in 60, 55. Like, I don't understand how anybody does that, but no, yeah, no clue. Yeah. yeah some people, that's just like, that's the norm. I just, I, I, I had to wear this like inside yeah, all day. Li- listen, and, like I'm, I'm cool with, with keeping things cold when I'm trying to sleep. Like I definitely sleep well and, and when it's colder, but like anything below, Probably 65 degrees, and that we've we've gone a, t- a step too far at that point. Oh, that sucks. Because I'm not just... gonna sleep in the flannel sheets. Like, like I don't I don't do like winter sheets. Uh-uh. I, I, I never sleep well in those. They don't, mm. I don't feel good. And so yeah, there, I mean there is there, there's a certain level of cold it cannot get past, or else I'm sleeping in ice sheets. It's just like being outside. It's just like you might as well sleep outside at that point. We, uh, but I mean, obviously everyone's been holed up over the last few days. So we watched a little more TV and movies than we typically do. And, um, we decided to turn on Saltburn after all the hype that we've seen online. And Mary's had several friends tell her like, oh, you've got to see it. Like you've yeah. at least got to, got to see what all the buzz is about. And so I went in with a very open mind, uh, just out of the gate. It didn't look like something that was really up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's my honest review on the movie. I think the acting is pretty good. Um, it's certainly one of those artistic movies where it's it's like more about I don't know. I felt like it was more about shock factor than an actual like good storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how are the dongs? Pretty good hog hanging, or I know that's what all the the ladies were up in arms. There's about. really only one part that I can recall where you see a dick, and well, it's like at the end one hog shot mm-hmm. yeah i know it was like a real it's supposed to be like a you know deep psychological thing all i, I kind of got from uh everyone because i didn't watch it callie asked me you know afterwards she wanted to share everything with me and she's like do you plan on watching this and i said well 
Honestly, probably not. You can go ahead and tell me. So I got the rundown. I saw people, you know, online and stuff give reviews. It sounds like it's uh, a lot like the talented Mr. Ripley, if you've seen that movie. I'm not. With Leo. Um, Very similar premise. Some people said it was just like a more poorly done version. But, um, yeah, I saw a lot of, like, mixed reviews about it online. I think there's a lot of people out there that really did like it just because they wanted to say that they liked it. Oh, because they're supposed to like it? Yeah, yeah. But, like, I don't know, man. I, my my takeaway and Mary's takeaway as well was, like, I could have not seen that and my life would be just fine. Like, it it really was just, there was so, so many scenes in it that just make you feel, like, physically uncomfortable. Like, yeah. you have to, like, turn away. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to give any spoilers here for anybody that actually wants to go watch it because I did have someone respond to a tweet that I put out after watching it where I basically said, anybody that's telling you that you have to see Saltburn, you don't, you really don't. And a guy responded to me, he said, Oh, is it trash? And I was like, well, no, I wouldn't say it's trash. Yeah. I just don't think it's like this. I don't think it's what it's hyped up to be. Um, it's more of a shock value type of movie than it is just like a great story and, and something that you're going to want to go back and watch again. But if you're already planning on watching it, I'd say do it, come away with your own takeaways, but yeah, not um, every movie is uh super rewatchable, you know, sometimes they're still worth watching, but, um, I got, have you seen, uh, everything everywhere all at once? I've not. I heard similar, if not even more like, uh, enthusiastic you know reviews of that movie just like oh my god this movie at one and Callie would not shut up about it for like months and so finally like last week there was a night I was like all right fine you know because a lot of the time we won't start a movie if one of us doesn't feel like you know committing to it or whatever so I was like fine you know we can do this and um it, it, it's very underwhelming review but I just like it was fine you know it was same like it didn't change my life I thought it was a pretty good movie that it took a long time to wrap up um because you kind of see where it's going the very the beginning really does a good job first 45 minutes really hooking you and the, but they just lose the steam at the end and i was like that was a fine movie you know what i mean but like everybody was uh you know just like raving about it and i was like it was, it was good you know it was pretty good yeah no this one like i don't i don't think the storyline was that that spectacular and what sticks in your head is a, is a few scenes, and you've probably already seen them talked about online. There is a bathroom scene. There is a graveyard scene. There's actually two bathroom scenes, a graveyard scene, and then a bedroom scene. And um, they'll all just kind of make your, your skin crawl a bit. Um, yeah, uh, that's, that's as far as I'll go into it. Just if, if you want to see something that makes you uncomfortable, watch that movie. But... Otherwise, it is really just not worth the hype as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Um, anyway, let's get into some of our other topics here. Uh, obviously, we're in the, the middle of the NFL playoffs, um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about Alabama hiring a new head coach because we had talked about it literally the night that – or did we find out the next day? Um, after the, we the day after we recorded, uh, if I recall, we were we did some some speculating. Yeah, uh, and I, if I remember correctly, you were right because I think uh, you know we forced ourselves to do predictions basically after uh, kind of both agreeing we had no real preference of the candidates who were still in play, um, and I think you correctly predicted that Kalen DeBoer would be the guy, and um, from the way it turns out, from what Greg Byrne has said. And I'm sure there were there were obviously other guys in consideration, um, but based on his timeline and him being in Seattle <clears throat> the day after Saban's retirement announcement, it sounds like this was his guy all along. And maybe that was considering Lanning's buyout and uh, Sarkeesian's situation, and you know, and the way he explained it, he really didn't have a first option, second best option, third best option. It's kind of an all things considered type of decision, and. Uh, he got his ass up to Seattle pretty swiftly, and uh, I just – yeah, the nutsack on that guy, too. You know, guarantee a 72-hour turnaround. I think he hired a coach in 49 hours. Um, and, you know, uh, we were just talking before the recording about DeBoer, you know, being announced at the basketball game. I doubt he's had six hours of sleep uh, in trying to put oh, staff yeah, together, yeah. trying to retain the roster. That's probably on the higher end. Meeting important people. Um, but yeah, we have Alabama has our new head coach. I don't who was even our last coach. I don't I don't recall. Uh, sick Naban or something yeah, like um, that. 
but yeah, it's uh, it, it's funny because you know you keep you, we're so caught up in all of it, and then um, you know you think about the fact that uh, we will not have Nick Saban roaming the sidelines and, and doing his half uh, halftime interviews and stuff. Uh, going to be Kalen DeBoer, so. Yeah, but Nick Saban's still going to be very much involved. He's going to have a an, an office space in Bryant Denny. Um, it really makes me wonder how much we're going to continue to see of him and how much input he's actually going to have on things. Uh-huh. But uh, one thing that really has struck me throughout this entire thing is there are a lot of fan bases out there really trying to get some shots off right now. Oh yeah. And, and well, they've been waiting on this moment. A lot of it is is really just quite the stretch uh, in logic. Um, you know, he goes and, and pulls two active sitting head coaches from smaller programs, and they're like, well, have you seen that guy's recruiting classes? Yeah, yeah, no, the, the, this guy was at Buffalo, and this guy was at South Alabama. Like, I don't know what you were expecting <laughs> from a recruiting standpoint from either of those places. Um, but I even mean, even some of his other staff members that he's pulled over, um, it's like none of these guys know how to recruit. It's like, well, I guess we'll fucking find out. It's kind of a strange leap in logic there to, to just – Yeah. I mean, Kane Womack beat Oklahoma State this year with South Alabama. So, I mean, that's pretty notable. Uh, not You don't see those guys pulling in a lot of four and five stars to begin with, uh, as you said. But, um, I mean, yeah, whatever, you know, leverage opposing fan bases can do uh, or, you know, can find right now. This is, this is their moment. You know, I'm going to let them bask in that. Well, but the other thing, you know, all the talk about how – Kalen DeBoer was like the fifth option and all this stuff because you saw all these coaches come out and like make social media posts that they were staying. And so that it was just assumed that like they were turning down the Alabama job. We don't fucking know anything about what happened behind the scenes. What we do know is that Jimmy Sexton is pulling all the strings in college football right now. Every single guy that was on the short list for the Alabama job is a Jimmy Sexton client. Um, what a weekend or a you know week and weekend for that guy. Um, yeah, who knows which of his clients you know were in consideration, which of them you know used it to get extensions, were even interested in the job had they been offered. Um, but yeah, regardless, I mean they were all his guys, including DeBoer who ended up getting the job, uh, including Saban who ended up you know uh, retiring, uh, opening up the job. And uh, that guy made fuck knows how much money. Oh, <laughs> he's got I more mean, money than God. I now. mean, yeah. Look at the extensions signed. Look at DeBoer's contract. I mean, this guy is absolutely feasting. Uh, it literally. I mean, he's a very fat guy, so he's literally feasting. And he. I mean, his bank account is just sitting fat right now. That guy's the man. So yeah, it's it's been it's been a, a very exciting and still tumultuous tumultuous time. For Alabama fans, we still have no idea who's staying and who's going. There's some pretty key pieces coming back. There's a lot of guys that keep putting their name in the portal, and the number one guy that we're really concerned with is Caleb Downs. No idea what's going to happen with that. But the latest reports I've seen is that he's leaning towards staying and that Ryan Williams, our big-time wide receiver recruit, is also leaning towards Alabama. And if those two guys stay, I will be a menace on social media. I'm – just saying it right now. I've got a lot of bookmarks right now that yeah. I cannot wait to go back to, uh, or or delete if if things don't go the way. Yeah, definitely. It's still, it's jury's still out on a lot of it. But yeah, there's been some uh, key staff members come back. Uh, there's been you know one in particular loss that that hurts pretty bad in Traverse Robinson, who's. Uh, not only are a great DBs coach and you know defensive you know would be defensive coordinator he I guess will be co DC at Georgia with Glenn Schumann. Uh, he he's a, one of Alabama's top recruiters and he's really tight with a lot of the guys on both sides of the ball. Uh, he was Ryan Williams' lead recruiter. It sounds like, um, but yeah, we've got more South Alabama ties now. Ryan Williams from Sarah Land, Mobile area. Uh, we just hired South Alabama's head coach. We have other guys that he's tight with. And it sounds like he'll be on campus next weekend to meet DeBoer, meet the staff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, a lot of things to be excited and be nervous about right now. This is um, kind of a, a new thing for for you, you and I and, and the other Crimson Tide fans. But, um, yeah. And, and I do want to speak to that for just a second. It's, it's terrifying, and it's also really exciting. This is the first season – that I can remember that we're going, I mean, obviously I can remember the older times, but this is the first season in a very, very long time 
where we're going into it without any real expectations. You know, for the longest time now, it's been every year. It's if we don't make it to the college football playoff, that's a really disappointing year. Now it's like we have no idea what to expect. There's a lot of uncertainty, which adds intrigue. And I can't fucking wait, dude. I can't wait. And you know what? If we go eight and four in our first season or nine and three or whatever, whatever, it's fine. Like we're going to be okay. I feel like we're in good hands. And, uh, I don't know. It's just there's something about the un, the uncertainty that that feels more exciting than it does scary. Oh yeah, d- absolutely. And um, there was always going to be that aspect of whoever replaced Nick Saban, even if it was everyone's you know first choice or a guy who. Oh, that's got to be a foul. As we watch Alabama basketball take on Missouri tonight as conference plays underway. Um, but it's it, you know there's going to be that uncertainty that you're replacing a guy who's been such a, a a mainstay in college football you know the playoffs the the media um top of the recruiting charts it's just I mean it's Nick Saban we you can you know speak agnosium about him and, and we'll try not to as, as we keep talking about Alabama but um I mean yeah you've got Kalen DeBoer who a guy who's who's done nothing but overachieve everywhere he's been uh but he is Kalen DeBoer, he's not Nick Saban, so there's not that guarantee that we're, you know, we're going to compete, we're going to be in the playoff, and uh, it's going to be fun, man. This is going to be the first time since, I guess, the 2008 season, you know, Saban's yeah. second year, his first year with his recruiting class, that there's a level of excitement, but nobody really knows how we're going to, you know, when we play another team, you know, with a, a top 10 ranking beside their name, what it's going to look like. And we got a lot of those with the new SEC, the new, you know, the new format. Uh, we got some really fun road games next year. Uh, it's going to be awesome, dude. And yeah, there's, I'm in no place to make any strong predictions <laughs> either no. way. So. And, I mean, you're seeing them from both sides. You're seeing people on the Alabama side of the fence saying, you know, y'all were expecting a drop off. Watch out. You don't know. Sure. Then there are people on the other side of the fence going, oh, you guys got. Uh, a Northwest head coach and nobody can recruit. You guys are about to fall off a cliff. You don't fucking know either. Like nobody knows anything. So just sit around and and wait for it to happen. Um, And as far as I'm concerned, if you didn't beat us last year, you still can't, you still have no bragging rights. So, Uh, which no SEC team did. So correct. Um, Yeah, man, I can't wait to get started. Going to be a lot that unfolds between now and the, the start of, spring ball and then fall camp so we'll stay updated on everything but uh yeah it's been been an eventful few days for uh for us for us gumps yeah well moving on from a, a team that we're excited about heading into the offseason to a team that i'm really not fucking excited about at all uh dallas cowboys have reached a new low um this you know i should have seen it coming and I've got this really bad habit of getting way overly confident in games that uh, tend to not go the way that I expect them to. You know, same thing happened with Alabama versus Michigan. Um, I did not have high hopes in the Cowboys making it to the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl. But I sure as hell was extremely confident in the Cowboys being able to take care of business against the Packers at home. This – the Packers have been the Cowboys' kryptonite in the playoffs, along with the 49ers, I guess, um, for a while now. But the bad man's gone. Aaron Rodgers is now on a different team. We got, uh, we got Love that we're dealing Jordan Love, um, who, don't get me wrong, the guy to finish off the regular season was arguably the best quarterback in football down yeah. that stretch. Uh, he had more passing yards and and like an eighteen to one touchdown to interception ratio, so like I, it's not that I I fully believe that he we would just totally take care of business against him, but I thought you know the way this Cowboys offense clicks at home, the way this this team plays at home, we're gonna take care of business and and I I think it against the youngest team in the NFL, the youngest team in the NFL, the fourth youngest team to ever play in the playoffs, and we're talking about. 
a, a playoff road game for the youngest team in the NFL. Correct. Not at that. I know that can sometimes be overblown. Uh, I don't think in this year's case it was. I mean, the Cowboys were incredible in Arlington, and the Packers undefeated for the last sixteen games. Yeah, in and, Jerry World, and the Packers, you know, had their ups and downs with a with a young quarterback and with an incredibly young roster. And man, this one was uh, special. Maybe not the right word, but just for what what is Cowboys fandom? The thing you and I talk about all the time that makes it such a frustrating team uh, to be a fan of, and I'm not one. Um, this was grand fashion that they that they let everyone down. Um, this was as bad as it possibly gets. We've seen them. We've seen their their season end on uh, not being able to get the playoff with no timeouts. You know when you're in potential scoring range. We've seen them do it in a variety of ways. We've seen injuries take them out in the regular season. Um, you name it. And it's happened in the last 20 years for the Cowboys. And this one uh, – 28. This one was brutal. Um, it was over early in the second quarter. And, there, I mean, there's no other way to dance around it. I mean, the, it was it was as, as, as least competitive a, a game as I could have possibly imagined any of these games going. And we talked about all the matchups, who we thought stood a chance, who didn't. This was this, – I, I didn't – certainly didn't rule the, the Packers out of this game. I did not see them just, just you know – cutting the Cowboys' heads off uh, in their own stadium in the first half of that game. No, I mean, it was it was a comedy of errors from the opening kick till the end. Um, I was really – I really just found myself completely dumbfounded. Um, really, uh, just even after the first drive of the game by Green Bay, when they just took it down the field, did whatever they wanted to, and then it just kept getting worse and worse. I've, I, I did eventually turn the game off with two minutes left in the third quarter, uh, and that was after Mary had fought me a couple times after I had tried to do so earlier. She was like, no, no, like, they're still in it. It can still happen. I was like, it's not fucking happening. We cannot stop a nosebleed right now. And that's the biggest thing that really pisses me off through all of this is, the, is two of the most consistent parts of this team that you can always t- tend to rely on that's Dak Prescott and, and CeeDee Lamb performing well. Um, th- those two have been just unstoppable this year. Yeah. They didn't do anything. They did nothing. Um, Dan Quinn, his defenses have been stellar this year. And the defense was awful. Yeah. Like, I've just – I've never seen anything – fall off the rails so incredibly fast. Well, you talk and, about playing complimentary football where your defense helps out the offense when they're struggling. The offense helps out the defense. stay on the field to help the defense. This was the polar opposite. Was, this, this was both units just, just failing miserably. And I'm completely at a loss right now. I really don't know what to think. This is now three straight years of 12-5 and five football teams not making it to – the conference championship, which is, by the way, never happened in NFL history. That's that's never been done. No team has ever had that good of a season and missed the conference championship that many times. Um, fire everybody! Like I, I like seriously, I, I'm just so I'm so taken aback right now, and I just think that this team has this this stink of mediocrity on it that can only go away by just cleaning house. Yeah, move back to Get, Irving. Get McCarthy the fuck out of there. Dan Quinn, he's he's a hot hot candidate for all these other jobs. Good. Go take one of them. Get the fuck out of town. Dak Prescott, I don't know what the hell to do with him. He's got a $60 million cap hit next year if we don't restructure his contract with a with an extension. Yeah. I don't know what you do with that, but I don't want I don't want to see him play quarterback for the Cowboys anymore. Yeah. And that's that's one of the craziest things about this whole thing is like I mean, he's just, gonna... despite all the failures, despite Dak's two and six record in the playoffs heading into that game, which is now two and seven, people still had confidence in Dak because you see what he does during a regular season, and like he's got to put it all together in the playoffs eventually. He fucking laid an egg. He had a he should have thrown like four or five interceptions that game. Yeah, he played like absolute dog shit. And I mean, you're like to, the Cowboys fans are like every. Fan who's been a uh, whose team has had James Harden, 
Yeah. You know, it's just I like mean, you're you're going you're going into this game with all of the narratives and all of the people saying like, oh, it's the Cowboys, like they're gonna fuck it up again. And it, you know, you know that the team had to know this and that they had to come out hot and ready to play and to shut up the doubters. And they just did the exact opposite and they just fucking curled up in a ball and quit. Yeah. Immediately. It, it was the most disappressing, like disappointing, depressing loss. I've ever seen as a Cowboys fan, and that is really saying a lot. That's the, saying a lot. The Fox pregame and halftime was spectacular with the the guys, you know, going through the matchups, going through the narratives that, that we and everyone else has beaten to death. And Jimmy and it closed out before it went to the broadcast with Jimmy Johnson and I think Strahan basically saying like agreeing that the Packers Packers have everything to prove in this game. The, they're the youngest team. They're on the road. Uh, they're playing with house money, so it's not like they're expected to win. But, I mean, you know, this is a tough challenge. We talked about it. A super young team going on the road against a team who's who's notoriously great at home. If you're the Cowboys, you have all the advantages. There is no pressure on you. You just have to play like you've been playing. You know what I mean? It's not like you have a mountain to climb. You, you're, you should be, you know, coasting downhill in this matchup. And then – I mean, it, out of the gate, it's reverse mentality. The pack, I mean, the Packers are just there, like you know, they're there to handle business, like they're the juggernaut. And um, man, it just it was over so quickly. And then Jimmy Johnson, so pissed at halftime, you know, it just going on a rant. I'm sure you saw the screenshots of his face. Um, yeah, I watched it live. And uh, you know, it's it's very fitting that he's the one, you know, giving that halftime frustration speech because. It was his teams who last got over the hump. It's been that long. He's got the notorious rift with Jerry Jones, and and I think every every Cowboys fan is kind of where you are right now. And it's just like God, like what do we have to do? Like what is going to be the answer? It's been it it, it couldn't possibly. We we've gone through every I'll tell, every I'll failure you, scenario. I'll tell you what needs to happen, and I will I will not apologize for this take. I said it right after the Cowboys loss, and. You know, I've had time to sit with my thoughts and to collect myself, and I'm still arriving at the same conclusion. Jerry Jones just needs to die. Like, he just needs to die. I'm not sorry about that. Like, it can't the, get worse. The, the, guy, the guy has a complete inability to just get out of the way and let a good roster and what appears to be a good coaching staff do what they do. And, you know, it's just been so – so long, and, and the one constant, the one constant this entire time has been Jerry Jones at the helm. He, he, he's got to be the GM. He's got to go on the radio every week and talk about the job that his team and his coaches are doing. Yep. He can't shut the hell up. He can't just let an NFL team run like an NFL team. And I just – the day that Jerry Jones dies, I'm going to go buy a bottle of Pappy I'm going to down the whole thing. I'm going to find his gravesite and I'm going to piss on it. I'm I'm sick of it. It's going to I mean you're going to be in the ba- it, the back of a long line. You know what? If Jerry Jones was a good guy, but he just sucked at being an owner, I, I think I would be a little less harsh, but like by all accounts the guy seems like a shithead too. I mean, yeah. Uh, it, you you just see more and more allegations come out about him being a fucking creep and just a, a gross old man and like I just I've had enough. I don't ever like Dude, sell the team or die. Like, pick one or the other, but do do one of them. Yeah, and we, you know, we've talked about, you know, how that may not even improve stuff. How you know his Stephen is is the heir apparent. Who knows who he surrounds himself with? But it's hard to imagine it getting much worse. And and we can move on to what else transpired. But man, um, I mean, yeah, the way that. I don't know if you saw this exact outcome, you know, playing out, but no, um, no. I not only did I not see it happening, I saw there was. I didn't see there was any way of it happening. Everybody, you know, it, you know, figured it'd be the Niners down the road or whatever. If, if you yeah. would have told me that the Cowboys were going to lose that game, I'd be like, I doubt it, but you know, I wouldn't be shocked by that. But just getting your doors kicked in in your home stadium like that was just fucking unforgivable, and it's the first time I've ever actually almost arrived at the conclusion of I I've, I just have to quit this team but I can't what am I going to do on Sundays like I, I can sit here and tell you right now I'm going to stop being a Cowboys fan but what's the first thing I'm going to do the first Sunday I'm going to watch the Cowboys play I'm just no more expectations moving forward and I don't give a shit if we are 17-0 going into the playoffs I'm expecting the worst 
Um, Actually, I hope that happens. But, but the, uh, the other side of the coin here is we got to watch the Eagles melt down too. And if there's one thing that's, that's sure, it's a sure thing, it's that misery loves company. And I can't lie to you, it did make me feel a little bit better watching the Philadelphia Eagles completely shit the bed. As they have the last seven, eight weeks. Yeah, they gave us no reason to be confident in heading into this matchup other than they are the Eagles. They have the names that people know. They played in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, and they've their thing the last two seasons has been winning close games. I mean, when it's been ugly – uh, you know, whether it's been a shootout, whether it's been just a punt fest, like they are the team that typically comes out on top of those close games. It's in their DNA. And the second half of the season, they lost that ability to pull those out. And they lost some ugly ones. And, you know, I'm not going to say I, I was confident in them. You know, I picked them on the last time we recorded just because I – it's the playoffs. I thought they'd be a bit sharper. I You know, and I just thought they were the more talented team – and um, not only did they win, dude, they failed to score double digits. They lost thirty-two to nine in in Tampa, and it was it was they got d- destroyed, disgusting by a, a you know a nine and eight bucks team. Um, and, I don't remember who I picked when we were making our picks, but that day I said, "Fuck it, I'm taking the Bucks money line." Like I just I don't believe in this Eagles team at all. Um, Great call. To, and, and to watch their fans melt down has been pretty glorious, too, especially with our fan base just having to come apart. Yeah. Um, Jason Nick, Kelsey retiring. Nick Sirianni was the world beater, the biggest shit talker as a head coach in NFL history. Just a just a bitch of a man. Like I, I cannot stand Nick Sirianni in the way that he conducts himself. And to see him go from Super Bowl appearance last year to his entire fan base wanting him fired the very next year is so, so prototypical Philly. And I don't know if you saw there's a video of him walking out into the tunnel and this Eagles fan sitting in the front row just throws a whole bucket of popcorn at him. <laughs> like, dude, it, it does do the heart good. To at least see the other guys also, you know, having their come apart. So. Yeah, ugly ending for them. Uh, don't know if Sirianni's going to get canned. I mean, that may be a, a little premature, but um, yeah, like I said, Kelsey seems to be retiring. That's not only from a production standpoint, but leadership. It's going to be a pretty big gap to fill uh, in the locker room. But um, you know, they'll have guys returning from injury next year, assuming they you know keep a lot of the talent. I'm sure they'll be good again. But man, everyone kind of saw this coming from the way yeah the way they showed us you know down and, the stretch. And you know what? As an Alabama football fan, the thing that I always make fun of uh, some other fan bases about is that you know the teams that can never beat us, uh, they hang their hat on and they talk shit when someone other teams yeah. uh, beat us. And I, I find it just to just be the lamest thing in the world. But you know what? That's the that's the kind of Cowboys fan I am now. <laughs> like, hey, maybe we suck, but at least these guys suck too. And I can I can at least take some joy in them being trash. Um, Got to find your wins wherever you can. But moving forward, um, I did. You know, we've we've made our selections, but I kind of wanted to just pick real quick um the teams that are left that we would actually like to see win the super bowl or teams that we would like to see make a deep run and for me it's very easy it's very cut and dry i want to see lions and i want to see ravens sure i would love to see that matchup in the super bowl i feel like that'd be a win-win um dan campbell getting the first win the first playoff win for the lions and 88 years. Yeah, it's been a long time. I think it was like literally 60 years. Is that right? It it was an astounding number. It's it's like nothing I've ever seen before. I I think. I mean, I I couldn't tell you. Um, What Matthew Stafford and Megatron? What did they did they play in two wild card games? I think in like 12 years together. Sounds right. Yeah, lost them both. I, I yeah, I couldn't tell you. I mean, this is the this is this is their first appearance in how many? Over, I mean, fifteen years, twelve years. It, yeah, it's and it's, it's been their, a long yeah, time. Who, yeah, I couldn't even tell you the last time they won. Um, it's we're talking. I mean, historic droughts at this point, and 
Um, you know, we talked about the Texans too. They're a much younger franchise. You know, they're like 22 years old, but very limited success there as well. And now they're going to uh, have another chance, you know, win another playoff game. And I wouldn't mind them either. You know, I, I don't – I have no hatred toward them. They've kind of just been a fun team to make fun of. But, you know, now is with D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud, um, they beat the shit out of the Browns uh, yeah, in, in 45-14. to 14. Um, Yeah, I, I, I like the Ravens because I like Lamar Jackson a lot. Um, but, man, yeah, in the, in the NFC, uh, you know, it, I'm, I'm rooting for the Lions. How could you not? I mean, those guys and Dan Campbell. To see the way that, that that city celebrated that first playoff win, Dan Campbell, I mean, I remember when we first talked about him when he got the job and we did what everyone else did. We laughed at him. We were like, oh, here's the big rah-rah coach talking about biting people's kneecaps and, you know, getting into dog fights. And, yeah, and we know, wanted him to be good, by we the way. We did. Like you and I. Like, like we, Guys I like that, that, I never want to fail. I liked fail. it, but yeah. I was like, it's not going to work. Sure, yeah. To, to watch him build this team up and do what he's done, to, to take a franchise that has just been nothing but losers for so long and turn them into a legit contender, um, you got to give them all the credit in the world. And I would love to see this run keep going. Um, and then, yeah, with the Ravens, I just really like Lamar Jackson. And, oh, yeah. and his ability to overcome some key injuries this year, as he tends to have to every fucking yeah. year, it seems, and overcome diarrhea, uh, you know, pretty <laughs> regularly. He's he's an awesome guy, and um, you know, with all the shit people like still talk about him, it's like just just let him keep winning, and you know, just shut people up. I mean, he he's awesome. Um, do yeah, you, dude, I can't wait for the rest of these playoffs. You know, Bill Steelers, well, we don't even have to talk about that one. You and I were pretty much dead on. The Steelers had no cho- or no chance in that game. Um, and then Dolphins Chiefs, uh, I think the the cold just murdered the poor Dolphins. I think they just – they could not sustain any sort of offense. The Chiefs didn't look awesome, but, you know, they just controlled the look, game. We're, we're that was bo- that. We're both unabashed two and on members. Yeah. But uh, – I'll tell you what, man. I will never, I will never bet on Tua in the cold. No, he just look like everybody looks uncomfortable when it's really cold out. But he just looks a certain level of uncomfortable that you just can't really have any confidence in. It's just a <laughs> a genetic uh, contradiction for him. And I find myself wanting to make excuses yeah. for him, where I'm just like. Yeah, I mean, the guy's from fucking Hawaii. What he's, do you expect? Yeah, he's Samoan. <laughs> he's like, when has anyone ever dealt with this in his family? Um, you know, I guess he had to play in a few November games when he was at Alabama. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and plus, it just the way they're made up right now, you know, that's they're kind of that team that can beat the shit out of bad teams, and they tend to be on the wrong side of it against great teams. And so they're going to need to take a step forward next year before I'm confident in them. Winning any sort of playoff game, much less one, you know, at Kansas City when it's negative 200 outside. Um, but that was, you know, that seemed like a brutal one to be in attendance for, not only because it wasn't super exciting, but, again, just miserably cold. Uh, and, uh, you know, Buffalo as well, they were able to play a game after it being delayed due to that blizzard. So, um, yeah, we kind of – not all the – you know, not chalk all the way through as the, the Cowboys did get dismantled. But uh, I think we did predict a lot of these, you know, yeah. co- correctly. And, and, I mean, looking ahead to the divisional round, I really hope the games are better than they are on paper because, I mean, Buffalo-Kansas City is a two-and-a-half spread for Buffalo. I'd, I'd like them to com- comfortably cover that. I, You know, I know Buffalo has been really shaky at times. I just I, – I refuse to believe in Kansas City. Um, but aside from that, I mean, the second closest – line is going to be Detroit versus Tampa Bay you got Detroit at home again uh, getting to play their second straight home playoff game I think they handle business pretty easily San Francisco Green Bay I guess that could be interesting Uh, if Green Bay is able to catch lightning in a bottle and and you know somewhat replicate what they did against the Cowboys. Maybe they could give the Niners some problems. But Jordan the Love. difference between the Niners and the Cowboys is when the Niners play in the playoffs, they actually show the fuck up. So I could see that one actually not going very well at all. Um, who knows? Uh, and then, obviously, Baltimore versus Houston. That's going to be our first game that kicks off on Saturday. Um, Baltimore is favored by nine. And, I, you know, this is another – this is another game where can Houston 
catch lightning in a bottle again. Can they show up and, and shut down some naysayers? I don't know. Uh, nine points spread, I'm, I'm inclined to take Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, I just think that they're the best team in football right now. But, yeah, just hoping for good matchups, but not, not going to hold my breath. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I could I could see, I could see all of those games being tight. At the same time, you you make a good points about them potentially being runaways. So, um, you know, as the nature of playoff NFL games go, uh, one of them probably will be pretty tight. We may even have an upset. But um, yeah, man, I think this could be you know shaping up for some potentially good conference championship games and maybe a, a great Super Bowl. I think we all hope so. Um, yeah, you got anything else on the, the league or no? No, I I was going to talk a little bit about the Jay Gruden and RG3 oh, yeah, beef. Yeah, I saw that that's taking place. Uh, I don't want to spend a ton of time on that, but it, it, it was just funny. Yeah. Because and it probably, Jay, Jay Gruden was very clearly drunk on Twitter. Like, it, very clearly we've all, hammered. We've all been guilty of it, you know. Not all of us have the, the following and the reputation uh, that Jay Gruden does. I, I, I probably send – a few too many drunk tweets, but it's okay. Yeah, they get away from you sometimes. You know, you get a little, little Twitter happy. And uh, it, I, my takeaway is just like it has to suck for Washington fans being like you two morons. Like we had so much hope, we had so much potential with a young RG three. <laughs> and I know you know injuries are part of the game, and you can never predict things. But you know his rookie year. And just like people, you know, all the excitement he brought, how talented he was, and and all the promise. You know, finally we found a quarterback, and and man, here we are, however many years removed from that, and uh, it's only gotten worse. Well, and for and for those that are that are unaware, like how this whole thing started was Jay Gruden tweeted out, um, if I ever, if if I ever put a a quarterback in danger like this, I'm I'm paraphrasing here. He was like, I'm sorry. Um, in, in reference to like, the Tampa hey, Bay Philly game, where yeah, the quarterbacks were getting Jalen Hurts was getting annihilated. Yeah, and he was like, you know, pick up a blitz. And RG three quoted that, and he said, "Really? Like, <laughs> yeah. as if like, dude, do you not remember when I was playing for you and I was getting sacked every fucking play? Yeah, which is, I mean, it's it's not an unfair point, but <laughs> yeah, sure. to, to watch him." do that and then Jay Gruden came back with a, a few drunk tweets He's like oh you weren't prepared yeah <laughs> yeah blame it on the rookie quarterback to which RG3 said uh something along the lines of well you straight up told me that you've never had to coach a quarterback with running and passing ability like me and you don't know what you're doing so sounds like you who wasn't prepared, prepared. Yeah. um there are a few others that chimed in and you know it this league you know just just seeing the just seeing a, a drunk Jay Gruden go back and forth with RG three was one of the biggest cornballs in sports media right now. But he actually made some coaching points. Like, you know, you really can't say much, dude. You you got your you got your guy destroyed. Um, let's move on to some news topics, though. <coughs> Excuse me. We actually had this one on the list of news topics last week, but we ended up spending entirely too much time uh, talking about Nick Saban and Alabama football. But uh, this one's a pretty crazy story. Um, We've got a man that went into a Dunkin' Donuts bathroom, which is, by the way, don't recommend. Um, I don't care where the location is. Probably probably try to avoid the Dunkin' bathroom as much as possible. Yeah. You're talking about a mix of characters guzzling down coffee. Like it, it's just it does not lend well to a good bathroom situation. But this was far and, worse than you could even imagine. And you know, I'm I'm no elitist by any means. Um, you know, I make coffee at home most days. But you know, it's it, we're not talking about dumping in a Starbucks here either. A Dunkin' is a real gamble. I mean, you know, and I know, you know, we're not from the Northeast. Like I, you know, Dunkin'. Their donuts suck. I think everyone knows that. The people that like them like them for their coffee. But I will say every location is kind of a experience in its their own. Their donuts are so bad they took donuts out of their name. Yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, they were just like <laughs> big leather, just pieces of decoration, basically. I don't think they were meant to be eaten. They were like potpourri. And um, it just, you know, but I, I'll say I've been in nice ones. You know, the one on Alabama's campus was pretty good, understandably. Uh, but I've, I've seen some locations where I would not want to dump unless, like, I absolutely had to. Uh, and it sounds like this was one of those stores. Uh, yeah, you could say that. So this is in Orlando, Florida. 
Um, I was really hoping this would be like a, a, a fucking Boston Mass. Yeah, Providence. Location. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a customer has filed a negligence lawsuit against Duncan, claiming he was injured by an exploding toilet. Not him exploding into a toilet. The toilet exploding on him. Yeah. Duncan's now, too strong in the Northeast. They fucking, they couldn't let it happen up there, kid. It's yeah. like, uh, they got trusted shitters. But this, um, yeah, this was a, uh, this was an expansion, Duncan. And, you know, it's just, Florida also, you know, we've talked about a number of problems they have with infrastructure. Um, you know, they're pl- they are, like Louisiana, a lot of the state is, like, underwater or, you know, partially underwater. They've got a number of plumbing issues in their own. You got snakes coming up people's <laughs> toilets and whatnot. I still don't quite know how this happened, and I'll let you explain exactly what happened to this guy. Um, I've never heard of this happening. I, I don't believe. Well, this this poor fellow's name is Paul Kerouac, and he's seeking more than a hundred thousand dollars in a lawsuit that was filed on Wednesday of this last week. Um, in Orlando, he, he's claiming that he suffered severe and long-term injuries following the explosion of a toilet in the men's room of a Duncan in Winter Park, Florida, a year ago. After the explosion left Kerouac covered in human feces, urine, and debris. What other debris are we talking about here? Porcelain? Porcelain, wa- yeah, water, <laughs> uh, probably drywall from behind the toilet, uh, asbestos. He walked out of the men's room seeking help from workers in the store's manager, according to the lawsuit. Dude, imagine that being your shift. You just you hear something and you see this guy walking out just covered head to toe in feces. And, and just shards. Probably blood. Yeah, shards of porcelain. <laughs> I mean, that guy, a toilet doesn't sound like the greatest like a projectile you know, or to, to come in contact with. To make matters worse, an employee told him that they were aware of the quote-unquote problem with the toilet, which... What what the fuck was the problem with the toilet? Had this happened more times than this, and someone finally brought it to your attention? Yeah, or? you say problem with the toilet. I'm thinking the tank doesn't refill, or you know the 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 flusher is breaking. They're like, yeah, right. we go across the street to the Starbucks when we need to take shits because it, this has been known to happen. Yeah, no, you can't trust that toilet at all. Um, since there had been previous incidents, the lawsuit says, without diving into deeper details about the explosion, when contacted Thursday by email for more details on Kerouac's injuries, his attorney said he was tied up and couldn't answer the questions until the following day, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Duncan did not immediately respond to email seeking content. The lawsuit says Kerouac suffered bodily injury and he has required mental health care and counseling since the incident in January of 2022. Well, that's not surprising at all, dude. I, I, I know you, like like myself, spent a lot of time on the toilet. You so probably even more than me. It's a place of solace. It's a place of of unwinding, you know, so so long as you're not in serious pain. It's a place of relaxation, reading a lot of the time. This has got to be a real shot. You know, it's like um, when someone breaks into your house or whatever. Your whole sense of security has been shattered. Your whole sense of well-being. Like, you can't even dump in peace anymore without thinking that you might fucking step on a claymore. And to be fair, I've been in some bathrooms before that probably should have required some mental health counseling. Uh, I I just, you know, I, I tend to... I, I tend to just hold those feelings inside and, and deal with them later. Um, but yeah, if I had a toilet literally explode on me, um, you know, I, I can't call this guy soft or anything like that. Like that's, that's, that's devastating, dude. Imagine being afraid of that. Every, like you've got PTSD about taking a shit. Yeah. The most natural. And again, like typically relaxing thing, <laughs> you know, just a nice little break from your day. And now it's like this, <laughs> This really, like, you know, literally gut-wrenching moment. Where you're just like, I may not make it out of here this time. That's that's horrible. He's he's getting in and out of there in 40 seconds, probably every time he's got a shit. There's, he's he's just scared for his life, dude. That's tough. He's shitting, standing up. He might. Yeah. He's like, I can't. I'm not risking it again, dude. My ass is never gonna touch bowl again. Well, I hope he gets every bit of money that he's looking for because that's that's a pretty terrible. Pretty terrible situation. I would like to see the aftermath of that room, though. I just, just you know, him. I'd like to see the injuries he sustained and just what the fuck that room looked like after a toilet blew oh my up. God. Anna Duncan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anna Duncan. Yeah, not just any old toilet. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, we're moving up north to Toronto, where Tor- Toronto's just being lame as fuck. Um, they, uh, they, Toronto has banned tobogganing or as we in america call it sledding 
at 45 hills across the city. And as we've already spoken about, uh, there has been an Arctic blast that has just been a real bitch to everyone in the country and, you know, really even up north, especially up north probably. Yeah, because to us it's kind of fun. To the southeast and the people who don't typically get snow, it's like, oh, snow day. And then for these fuckers who have to live in it all year, it's like, god damn it, dude. And now they're taking away their sledding hills. Yeah. um, Which... You know, they have a pretty good explanation for it. You know, there's there's liability concerns and, you know, especially in public parks. But, you know, I think if you just sent out a blanket, uh, you know, a blanket form that people have to sign, basically giving up their rights to sue the city if they run into a tree, that should probably take care of things. But just telling people that it's illegal to sled down a hill, like, are you kidding me? Yeah, this is not like a... I mean, dude, in this fucking state, we don't have to wear helmets on motorcycles. I mean, that's just... <laughs> and I had only heard cool things about Toronto, you know, and, and Montreal as well. It's like, yeah, fun cities, but apparently Toronto's a fucking footloose town where they're just like, they're cracking down on fun. And I like, yeah, there's no way I can stand for that. I mean, if so, you live... I mean, yeah, if you live in a winter the climate like that, dude, you can't... It's like a, that's a human right. You're taking away the basic human right to glide downhill. Exactly. And one of their city councilors is really not happy about it. Councilor Brad, Brad Bradford. Fuck yeah. Let's sit on that name for a second. Brad Bradford. I love that. Um, great sense of humor from his parents. Um, he said on Friday that residents can manage the physical risk of tobogganing. He said the ban shows that Toronto is becoming a no-fun city that doesn't respond to the needs of families. This is just nonsense, said, said Bradford. It's the no-fun city when you start seeing them cracking down on tobogganing, especially in a place that has decades of experience and a tradition of t- tobogganing. Uh, you're, you're, real, you're literally fucking with tradition now. Yeah. I mean, dude, what are you going to tell these? Like, how do you explain this to the children, you know? Imagine trying to tell a, a, a Cowboys fan which porta potties they can and can't tip over. Yeah, I mean, you're just you're, you're about to raise a generation of anarchists, is what you're doing. You know, how to, you know, when you start learning about civics as a, as a youth, you're like, yeah, the government, you know, um, you know, they they have their flaws and people disagree, but they're you know they're in place to take care of its citizens. And then it's like, how can that be if we can't even fucking hop on a sled and you know go down the old hill? maybe risk breaking an arm or whatever at the bottom. Like that's just part of being alive. It's mm-hmm. part of being a kid. And uh, yeah, this is fucked. They're, you're going to have a lot of government dissonance, I believe, from the, the Toronto youth here in the next 15, 20 years. This is going to have lasting effects. Well, anarchist Brad Bradford is, is calling for people to enjoy their time anyway. Uh, one of the hills where tobogganing is banned is East Lynn Park on Danforth Avenue near Woodbine Avenue. Everybody knows where that is. Uh-huh. The park, which is located in Bradford's ward, has been a popular spot for tobogganing for years. Now there are signs at the top of the hill saying that the activity is not allowed there. Last winter, however, there were bales of hay wrapped around the trees at the bottom of the hill. The reality is there are going to be people tobogganing in East Lynn Park tomorrow, Bradford said. We're supposed to get 10 centimeters, sorry, 10 centimeters of snow overnight. That might include me and my daughter. It's not a good use of time. It's not a good use of resources. And again, this is why folks get cynical on the city of Toronto. So Toronto, lighten the fuck up. If people want to absolutely ruin themselves for the gram, let them do it and get over it. Agreed. I mean, this is fucked. You really, when it really boils down to it, you cannot stop people from sledding down a nice white hill. It's I, just I, not, I, I fucking it's, dare you. I dare you to try. And what are they going? What are the Mounties going to roll up? And <laughs> they really shut might. it down. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right, and losing. Uh, moving on to our last news article, we've got a man on Spirit Airlines doing some very Spirit Spirit Airline uh, behavior. Um, this fellow, come on, Rylan. Let's go, dude. Sorry, Holy he's shit. taking over this game. Um, so we've got a guy. He was uh, he was flying to Orlando. And so he was flying from Louisville to Orlando. So you know this this fellow was liquored up, and he actually admitted as such. He had. I mean, that's got to be one of the drunker routes in air. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And 
he copped to the fact that he took a few shots before his flight. He'd never been on an airplane before. Uh huh. Kind of had my doubts about that one, but um, he'd never been on a plane sober, and he wasn't about to start today. He got a little lubed up to get rid of the anxiety, and uh, got a little bit aggressive with some of the flight attendants. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all been on a flight with a flight attendant that's uh, rather attractive, and uh, you know most people take those thoughts about those flight attendants and they jerk off in the lavatory, put them in a ball and they throw them away. Um, no, this guy was asking openly asking flight attendants if they, uh, ever joined the mile high club. And if they'd like to Mm -hmm. not a good move, I, I think we can objectively say even on a spirit airlines flight, probably frowned upon. Yeah. I mean, your chances are probably greater than Delta or American, um, but you know, again, still pr- probably not worth rolling the dice, but you know, this guy, this guy was nervous. He needed a little release. He needed a little calm down. And, uh, this was certainly one way to go about it. And the balls on this guy, he didn't, he didn't just start with, you know, he didn't start with a flight attendant, just going around, picking up trash, asking what drinks are. He went to the lead flight attendant first. He got on the speaker, uh, I think during <laughs> the pre-flight announcements. So he asked, uh, he asked the lead flight attendant if she wanted to join the Mile High Club. He reportedly then grabbed a second female flight attendant, pulled her into his seat, and asked her the same question. We have now gone from, you're creepy, to, you are absolutely breaking the fucking law. Yeah, you are. I mean, this is cavalier behavior from this guy. In addition to that, he also asked multiple questions about the plane's cockpit, including questions relating to entering it. Flight attendant. That's said, never good. That's um, never good. I'm not gonna lie. When, when it expounded and said he was asking questions relating to entering the cockpit, I thought he was just gonna be using a a, a way too easy play on words about the cockpit. Yeah, sure. Uh, but no, it was worse, worse and dumber than that. So congrats to <laughs> he you. He just made himself even more of a security risk. Because um, I'm sure these ladies get hit on a lot. You know. That's the- but you you mentioned entering the cockpit, which can never be a good thing. Uh, In a post nine eleven world, that's something that you probably just don't. Yeah, don't you can't do. say knife or bomb or box cutter, and you can't and you can't even suggest entering the cockpit <laughs> while the plane's in the air. You just can't, you can't do that. Um, so yeah, if they weren't taking his threat seriously, that probably did it right there. When the plane landed, Orlando police officers spoke to. Uh, Finister is the, the the man at play here, who admitted to his actions. He also told police he'd taken several shots of alcohol to calm his nerves. Um, so not only did he not do the typical move of like, I don't know what they're talking about. Like, I didn't do any of this. He was like, yeah, yeah, I fucking did it. And mm-hmm. I wish it would have worked out. Yeah, they all said no, a bunch of prudes. <laughs> How do you work in the sky and you've never fucked up there? He's facing federal charges now of interfering yeah, with you... the performance of the duties of a flight crew member, which I didn't realize that was an actual charge, but I felt like me personally, maybe some sort of sexual assault charge might have come about. That might, that might get... They're letting him off easy. Yeah, I was going to say that that could get tagged on as well, perhaps, but uh, I think overall... Um, yeah, impeding some sort of flight, which again is a, it, anything you do at an airport or on an airplane is a federal crime. Um, so, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, regardless, you know, if the guy gets any sort of uh, uh, sexual assault or, or uh, you know menacing charges or whatever else, he did he did indirectly threaten the safety of a plane, which is um, not taken lightly, in general. No. So, yeah. Even on Spirit Airlines. Yeah. So our, our, our friend here has probably more than likely landed himself on a do not fly list. So I hope you enjoyed your first ever flight, buddy, because I don't know when your second one's coming, if ever. Um, and, I, you know, I hadn't thought about it before, but can you imagine the inconvenience of a, of a of being on the no flight list? Like, Oh, God. Well, this guy clearly doesn't have to travel for work or anything. But, yeah, I mean, the next time, I mean, just uh, assuming he doesn't have to travel much if he's never been on a plane as an adult, 
Um, so it's probably not going to, you know, interfere with any job responsibilities. But, but yeah, I mean, if you these... if, if you ever want to go on vacation, not in a couple hour radius of your yeah, house, you do see a lot of a lot of people though that just have a really bad day or get way too fucked up that end up on these no fly lists. It's like. Dude, how do you continue to live life as an adult? Dude, you my, can't travel in the air. My buddy uh, is from Detroit, um, and his dad apparently had to go to Ontario a lot for work. You know, which is a very short commute from northern Michigan, and um, he was having a rough day or was running late one day, and these the Canadian Border Patrol like pulled him aside or was. Being, you know, especially uh, deliberate, like, with their... And he was like, can we hurry the fuck up, you know? Or can, he was giving them some lip. And so they've now... They've labeled him a problem traveler. Oh, and no. Anytime he crosses that border, he gets, like, pulled aside for, like, a thorough... <laughs> like, a 30-minute search. And they're like, we'll fucking show you, buddy. You're gonna, you're gonna run that mouth. And uh, they just, like, every... He cannot just get through anymore because he had a, some sass with him one day. And so now that they've just... They've really stuck And it that's too. an inconvenience. Yeah. But, like, not being able to fly on a plane at oh, all. that's horrible, man. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Um, well, yeah, best of luck to this guy. Um, I don't really have any sympathy for him. You're a fucking creep, buddy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Um, all right, let's move on to our favorite segment of every week, our favorite subreddit, Today I Fucked Up. And today I fucked up by using Bluetooth. Uh, mm. pretty, you know, pretty vague. Not really much you can take from that. You might have some guesses, but yeah, I've, I've got a couple. Um, well, let's hear it. Well, my first thinking? thought was that, uh, you know, per, and we may have even had an issue like this. Um, I'm guessing some pornography is involved, maybe, um, some audio being played through a Bluetooth speaker, uh, you know, it was supposed to be played through a phone or headphones, perhaps. Uh, I only say that because a uh, like a phone call typically is not played through blue unless it's your car or something. Um, you know, if you say maybe you said something you didn't want somebody to hear, that typically is coming through a phone and not like a Bluetooth in another room. My first thought is like somebody was somebody was whacking, and you know their <laughs> their playlist got broadcast into another room. Well, let's find out. Well, let's do it. I reactivated my account just to tell this story. I work in an office, a large federal office building that is so quiet it could be mistaken for a library. Often without headphones, all you'll hear is the tack of keyboards and the occasional sniffle or cough. Today I was running late and had to sneak into my cubicle. All was going well and I thought I was in the clear. I put my headphones on, sign into my computer, and push play on my phone. Okay by Mac Miller featuring Tyler the Creator blasts. I fuck her in the ass every time I'm in a bad mood at full phone volume to an otherwise pin drop silent office floor before I could pause it. I don't think anyone knows it was me, or if they do, they didn't say anything. Um, and that's literally all we got here. Uh, that's not that bad. If you could pick out, if you could pick out any lyrics in a song, those would be near the bottom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> buddy. You, yeah, you're. you're that that is almost as awkward as it gets. Yeah, you couldn't have been playing the Eagles on your way to work or something. I mean, it had to be that 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 and part you, of that you song. You weren't at the beginning of the song. No, yeah, you're in the middle of it, and that's the first thing that comes out. Um, that is very unfortunate, certainly. Um, I can't say I've ever had anything like volume wise that's that's really just been like a showstopper that just makes you want to just die in the yeah. spot where you're at. Uh, this would certainly qualify, given the given the setting. <coughs> I don't think I have either. You know, I. Uh, it's so funny. Was, was your school like in middle school and high school really strict on cell phones? Uh, I feel like in the, it was, in the early stage of everyone having a phone. Yeah. Because yeah, I think everyone's was kind of back in the day. By high school, they had gotten more relaxed on it. I know nowadays, like kids just use their phones. I think a lot of the time, but when this is like, I was probably in seventh grade and i had like the old school blackberry this is like this might have been when the iphone iphone first came Shoot, out so, business man. nobody had one yeah i was doing i was i was making moves with my with my blackberry <laughs> pearl in seventh grade and uh we were like getting out of math class and this is this teacher wasn't like particularly nice anyway and it's the end of the class 
might have been the end of the day, like last period of school. And I lean over, you know, you have the old desk where the books are on. There's like a tray under your desk where you uh-huh. keep your books. I lean over to grab them. And Blackberries, you know, this is like way before lock screens and stuff, or at least no one had one. There was just a side button that was like the voice command, which I no one ever used, I don't think. And I leaned over to grab my books, and I held that voice command. And my phone just starts saying, it just says whatever. It's like voice command, or, you know, it's whatever. It just, <laughs> it speaks to me very loudly. And uh, so the teacher obviously realizes it came from, like, the one side of the room where I am. So she's like, Every, you know, does everybody have your phone? And literally was like, show me, you know, is your phone off? And I was like, oh, shit, it looks like mine's on. And, uh, you know, I, le- I accidentally leaned over. And she fucking took my shit. I got it back, like, the next day or whatever. But um, The next day? It was like it was a very short amount of time. But, but like imagine nowadays losing oh, your phone dude. for 24 hours. And my dad, I, I don't even think he was mad, but I just remember explaining frantically to him that it was an I was like, I wasn't even on my phone. It was on in my pocket. Everyone texted during school, but I wasn't dumb about it. And it was just an accident. And uh, I think he talked to the school and got it back. You know, like the next day, I don't remember what the policy was on keeping kids' phones, which is crazy. And, uh, yeah, but I just remember in that moment, you know, as a 12 or 13-year-old or whatever, I was just mortified. I was like, fuck. I was like, my <laughs> not, not only, you know, am I going to have to talk to my dad about it or my, or my parents or whatever, but I can't be, I, can't, I don't have my phone when I get home, dude. Like, I can't text anybody or whatever the fuck I did back then. And that was just like... Oh, that was mortifying. That moment where she was like, everybody on this side of the room, leave. Everybody on this side, stay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. This is such a serious yeah, event. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, it was it was very stupid. I don't think I've ever had anything in the workplace or even with family where, you know, my phone, like, embarrassed me. That I way. mean, I've certainly had times where it is very quiet and you go to watch a video or something on Instagram and, like, it's just playing it. Full volume. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, that That is annoying, but I've never had anything where it was just, like, mortifying that other people would hear that. Mm-hmm. So knock on wood that that never happens. I, I've had, I'm sure, plenty of Zoom calls where I forgot I wasn't muted or I thought I was muted, and I opened Instagram or something, and uh, it's just, like, stupid TikTok voice. And uh, it's like, oh, fuck, I better mute myself. But now nothing that's caused me real embarrassment. And luckily for the uh, the this poster... They don't even know who it was. Like people don't even know it's you necessarily. So you're good to go. Yeah, and to your point, I don't, I don't really think this is that much of a fuck up, but nah. it is something that a lot of people can definitely relate to. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, I think that pretty much does it. Um, I guess my only advice this week would be just make sure that uh, you actually connect to the Bluetooth before you start blasting "I fuck her in the ass" when I feel bad, um, or or really anything it's probably gonna be best to cover your ass there but um we appreciate everybody for tuning in and we will talk to y'all next week